Chapter Four of Recollections of Bush Life in Australia by Henry William Haygarth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kirk Ziegler. Report of Bush Rangers. The reader has been told that, like other settlers, we had heard on our way to our station various alarming reports of bush rangers and their outrages. But after our arrival, the subject was seldom mentioned till at last one day after many years of quiet had led us to look upon the existence of such things as merely a tale that is told we received a most unwelcome piece of intelligence there were actually bush rangers in our neighborhood they had made their first appearance at a station in our district a day or two previously which they had pillaged without however injuring anyone in person though report stated that they had threatened to shoot the stockkeeper or to use their own expression to put a ball into him for being backward in producing the saddle horses it appeared that they were three in number and that their ringleader was a man who had once been a hired servant in our district on a station called bukan at that time he was honest and industrious but had left his situation and since then his character had rapidly changed for the worst he had got into trouble or in other words had been committed for trial for an offence against the law had been sentenced to hard labour but had escaped with one or two others from his iron gang and taking to the last resource of desperation had now reappeared among the scenes of his former and better life to become a general bugbear under the denomination of buchan charlie the bush ranger timoratki in famia silva from this time forth all was anxiety we lived in daily expectation of a most unwelcome visit and were never suffered to forget our danger for an hour if anything went wrong upon the station the same excuse was always at hand if a party of strange horsemen were seen to disturb the cattle on the plains before us they were the bush rangers of course if the saddle horses strayed away farther than usual in the morning the stockkeeper would prematurely give up the search and return home in despair bukan charlie had taken them and manifold as his depredations really were many more of which he was perfectly innocent were laid to his charge but as a subject of conversation the bush rangers were quite a boon to the whole population of the district wool colonial prospects and the breeding of stock were all laid aside for a time to make room for the discussion of the common enemy how long were they likely to be out were the mounted police in pursuit of them which of the neighbors if attacked would show fight and so forth these and many similar speculations were in everyone's mouth most people in the neighborhood had however by their own account received correct information on charlie's latest movements and had devised some capital plan for defeating either a day or night attack on every station the guns were discharged and reloaded every evening and there was an accumulation of powder and ball sufficient for a tolerable garrison it sometimes happens that matters are in this thoroughly defensive state and the settler chuckling over his precautions is perhaps finishing his last cup of hyson when he suddenly finds himself covered with the bore of a rifle protruding through the window his arms are close to him in a corner of the room his ammunition is neatly arranged on an adjacent table and to stir towards them is instant death the mysterious stranger on the outside maintains his post until his companions have bound the victim fast to his chair when he joins them in the work of pillage 
and after taking what they pleased and perhaps cutting many a rude jest on the unhappy colonist they leave him to call the police at his leisure to empty the barrels of his guns now filled with water in order to preclude the possibility of a shot in the rear as they are galloping away to rearrange his house and if he thinks proper to render it once more proof against a visit from the bushrangers mighty preparations have frequently ended no better than this and so it eventually proved in our case about that time we might have been taken for gunsmiths instead of settlers and i well remember a most romantic night that we passed with all the furniture of the house piled up against the doors and windows while we lay in arms on the bare floor in expectation of our enemies who by the by we subsequently discovered were not at that time within many miles of us and were little dreaming of this excitement they were creating at a distance at length one evening long after we had grown tired of the rumors of wars and had discontinued all our preparations for defence buchan charlie came in person accompanied by only one of his party whom he stationed on the outside while he himself undertook the head department and acted as spokesman finding that no resistance was likely to be offered for we were all as he intended taken by surprise he behaved on the whole with civility and moderation for though he took all he wanted including two of our best saddle-horses for which he kindly left his own jaded animals in exchange he committed no wanton damage and refrained and also compelled his companion who was a ruffianly-looking irishman of the lowest grade to refrain from committing any personal outrage upon any one on the station and this forbearance has much merit in the case of a desperate man who had already incurred the heaviest penalty of the law and therefore cared little about further consequences he had lately been plundering a store and was most bravely apparelled better in fact than many of us whom he came to rob his dress consisted of a new moleskin shooting-coat a gaudy waistcoat with a profusion of watch-chain cord trousers and leather leggings and he wore a cabbage-tree hat the ribbons of which streamed fantastically over his shoulders a powder-flask was suspended at his side two brace of pistols were stuck in his huge belt and in his hand he carried a short and highly finished double-barrelled rifle probably the favourite mountain or knock of one of our neighbours he was a tall lathy-looking man of about eight-and-twenty and his countenance had an expression of calm determination but of assumed recklessness rather than depravity well said the bushranger as he stalked into our little abode i suppose you all know pretty well who i am buchan charlie as they call me now i'm not going to hurt anybody if you're civil but we want the money arms and horses and those he added empathetically we'll have a nice place you've got here said he with a glance at our bookshelves i could stay where i am all the rest of my life this seemed to remind him of the fearful uncertainty of its duration for he looked grave and for a minute or two laid aside his effrontery in fact all this volubility only betrayed the nervous excitement it was intended to conceal or perhaps under which he unconsciously acted for nervous he undoubtedly was in spite of his assumed coolness my leather hat-case attracted his notice he cut asunder the band which fastened the top 
evidently not in the spirit of wanton mischief but because of his agitation he did not see the key which was standing in the lock his talk was chiefly apologetical and calculated to regain as far as possible our good opinion he rambled incessantly from one subject to another the disjointed fragments of his conversation when put together in a more connected form gave us in substance the following history ill-treatment he said had brought him to his present situation having worked hard and steadily for several years he had been paid by an order for which he could never get the cash as the house in sydney on which it was drawn had stopped payment and he had no redress so finding that in his opinion honesty was a fool as iago says he tried its opposite which soon brought him to a road party there his punishment was extreme loaded with irons working hard upon the sandy roads beneath the burning summer sun with a diet of salt beef and hominy and not even a sufficiency of that he could endure it no longer and resolved to escape or be shot in the attempt he succeeded in communicating his intentions to a fellow-prisoner who agreed to join him and they resolved to chance it on the very next opportunity it was some time before one presented itself for between soldiers and overseers it was difficult to stir a finger without observation at length the moment arrived they had been sent to work on a part of the road at some distance from the stockade and as luck would have it for them the overseer happened to keep the gang at work rather longer than usual and it was dark ere they returned so on passing a patch of scrub on the roadside they managed to slip into it unseen here they lay concealed for several hours during which they could hear the soldiers from the stockade in pursuit of them but the night was so dark and the scrub so thick that there was little chance of their being discovered at midnight they ventured to emerge from their hiding-place and repairing to a blacksmith in the neighborhood prevailed upon him partly by threats and partly by entreaties the man having been himself a convict to knock off their irons thus they were once more fairly at large but to set them up in a new line both arms and horses must be obtained from a party of stock-keepers whom they dismounted they soon procured the latter and then galloping up to their station got possession of their fowling-pieces and henceforth were thoroughly equipped and what sort of a life were they then leading was it a change for the better even after the horrors of the iron gang no charlie confessed voluntarily that it was wretched beyond conception and that if he could have formed the last idea of what it was to be he would rather have remained in his fetters lurking in caves and fastnesses of the bush the very silence which drove him to think his greatest curse hunted day and night by the mounted police prevented from sleeping or even taking a meal in security by the knowledge that they were always on his track with his hand against every man and every man's hand against him he was now more like a wild beast than a human being and the never-ceasing strain upon his mind was he said almost insupportable but it was then too late to retract yet there was courtesy even among bushrangers about two years before charlie had become what he was i had met him on his way to a station where he had been hired and had put him upon the right road this he remembered and though he was now under what in a state of civilization would be called the disagreeable necessity of taking one of my saddle-horses he promised not to injure him 
but to leave him where he might be afterwards recovered, all of which he duly performed. Had I, on the above-mentioned occasion, ridden by without noticing him, he would probably have remembered that also, and instead of leaving my horse in a place of safety, would either have shot him, as he or his gang served many others, or put him in some inaccessible part of the country, where he might not have been found again. We never know in this fluctuating sea of life when or in what manner a civility may be repaid. The mounted police, who immediately upon a confirmed report of bushrangers being out, are dispatched in pursuit of them, with order to capture or to shoot them down wherever they can, have a most irksome and laborious duty to perform, rendered still more arduous by the difficulty of gaining correct information of their movements. The shepherds and stockkeepers occupying the lonely outstations are the best authorities upon these matters, if they choose to be so. But it unfortunately happens that many of these men, who have themselves been in trouble, have a secret leaning towards the runaways, or at least they remain neutral, and only see what they think proper, and this renders it very difficult for the police to warm out of them any intelligence upon which they can depend. The bush rangers, on the other hand, before they have been out very long, are sure to have correct informants in many quarters. Thus it frequently happens that while the police, concealed on some adjacent spot, are watching a suspected hut, ready to sally forth and surrounded on the rival of the bush rangers, their track has been noticed by one of the inmates, though whose means intelligence has been conveyed to the enemy that all is not right, and so the bush rangers keep away until they hear better news, and laugh in their sleeves at their misdirected pursuers. The bush rangers, moreover, are sure to be well mounted, for they can take fresh horses from every station, whereas the police can seldom obtain a remount, and in addition to this, the vast preponderance of energy possessed by men who are riding for their lives over those who pursue them for the ends of justice gives them another great advantage. Vuk and Charlie indeed talked with the greatest contempt of the local authorities. The commissioner of the district was an old woman and the mounted police a set of harmless men who could never get a glimpse of his party, nor dare to follow him, if they did, through the broken country to which he would betake himself. After all, the reality of the unwelcome visit fell far short of any anticipation, and we suffered no great detriment from it. Money we had none to lose, for it is an article seldom kept on an establishment at any distance in the interior, business being transacted by means of checks and orders on Sydney. They took some articles of clothing, among other things a new white hat of mine, from the hat-case before mentioned which Charlie wore with great satisfaction to himself, and which, moreover, was a mark that long served to distinguish him. The most annoying part of the affair was the conclusion, when we saw our unwelcome visitors scamper off in a cloud of dust towards the next station, mounting on our two best horses, which we had been keeping in condition for very different purposes. In one instance only, while they were at our station, they threatened violence, they had met and dismounted the son of a settler who was much respected in the neighborhood, but had restored him his horse upon hearing his father's name. This young man, more from love of adventure than anything else, joined the mounted police in pursuit of the bushrangers, who upon ascertaining this were much exasperated at what they considered unhandsome treatment, 
and sent him a laconic message that if they came across him he was a dead man the sequel of their history is soon told after a career of ten months they were at last very cleverly captured by the police in an unguarded moment when they had left their encampment unarmed in search of their horses but as they were on their way to jail they managed to procure a handcuff key at a station where they were halting for the night and simultaneously freeing their wrists made a sudden attack upon their captors each party rushed to seize the muskets of the policemen which were standing in a corner of the room these in the scuffle were trampled under foot and the contest was long protracted above them the bush rangers were one less in number than their opponents but by far the most powerful men and were gradually getting the mastery when the sergeant of the police by a dexterous manoeuvre succeeded in regaining his carbine and in placing it at the head of his antagonist the luckless broken charlie this decided the event two of the bush rangers surrendered but the third our irish visitor fairly fought his way out of the place and was not recaptured until some time afterwards they were tried at the ensuing assizes at parima accusers enough to spare appeared against them so we were saved the trouble of the journey and expenses of the prosecution no slight matters in australia however amply they might have been repaid by hearing our old enemies convicted of flat burglary and brought up to receive their fearful sentence transportation to van diemen's land for life for a long time subsequently to their capture it was quite a pleasure to awake in the morning and feel that the bush rangers had been taken and that our supplies might henceforth remain safe in the store and our saddle horses once more thrive for their owners ill-fated charlie his unceremonious visit often recurred to our minds and bugbear as he was to us all we felt something like pity for his fate and gratitude to him for restraining his ruffianly companion who richly merited his sentence but charlie seemed capable of better things as if he could have retraced his steps he would yet have repented him of the evil even when plunged in crime beyond the pale of human mercy he was not a hardened villain and for this reason the more bitter must be his remorse as he now pays the lingering penalty of his last rash step tempted by the bush ranger's motto a short life and a merry one End of chapter four